the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, class, uh, with the school in session here, we should ring, have a bell ring in there, Richard. I should have brought the bell in here. Um, just to give you an example of some of the agenda taking place that goes beyond just so-called academic freedom in the classroom for um, school teachers, but to even the manner in which the influence has taken place in the authorized textbooks. Uh, I, I'm going to quote on one of them. This comes from page 11 of Kyle Olson's new book, Indoctrination, um, just talking about uh, manufacturing. And uh, this, uh, this particular passage, and I quote, uh, Rose was right. Some passages subtly put down the United States. Uh, for example, here's a quote. Companies in Japan make reliable televisions and radios. German factories make some of the world's best cars. Some companies in the United States are very good at making computers. Did you catch that? In America, only some companies excel. Now, it's amazing. I mean, to be sure, um, Kyle, we have seen some amazing advancements in technology by both Germans and by Japanese firms. A lot of that technology that had its roots and genesis right here in the United States, and yet it seems as if we just kind of, we kind of take third position, third seat there to other foreign countries. Right, and that was... um that, pas- that, uh, that passage that I quoted there was from a column by a Washington Post columnist um, who did this analysis of a book called Social Studies Alive, uh, which is a, a third-grade textbook um, geared towards very young kids, and it pushes this, this one-sided, biased um, agenda um, uh, uh, against, frankly, an anti-American agenda. And so it, it was interesting because... This book, Social Studies Alive, has come under a lot of scrutiny because it is biased. Um, it, it only focuses on um, a, a left-wing perspective. And even this, this lip, self-described liberal um, uh, columnist also came to that conclusion. And it's a great example of a textbook like that, a biased textbook, getting into the classroom. Um, and then the establishment, whether it's the teachers' union or a, a school board or the administrators, then defend it, and they say, "Oh, there's no bias in it," and, and you know, and this is this is the type of information that kids should be learning. You know, it's amazing because the the inaccuracies and the agendizing of education goes from the subtle to outright demeaning and obvious, as you cite there in that particular passage. Uh, you know, no, no acknowledgement of the fact that the automobile was invented in the United States, the computer was invented in the United States, uh, that uh, the, the uh, tubes, uh, the precursor of uh, transistors, 
invented in the United States. The U.S. gets no credit for that. It just says that some companies, some companies do a good job. Not an excellent job, just a good job. So, you know, I, I guess to all of you that work for, uh, you know, some boring companies like IBM and Hewlett Packard and uh, uh, Texas Instruments and others, uh, just, uh, oh, well, too bad. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And that that is what is such a shame. And, and what I find disturbing about this is that is that uh, uh, teachers will use this textbook, and then, um, and, and what is most disturbing about this textbook in particular is that it leads question, it leads students to a particular question, where then they have to give essentially a predetermined answer, um, and so it will it will say it, it will talk about um, childcare as a right, and how there are some countries uh, like Vietnam, for example that gives child care as a public service. And shouldn't the United States have that as a public service too? And so here you are as a third grader, and what do you honestly expect a third grader to say? No, we shouldn't do that. Um, and so what it's doing is it's, it's setting these kids up to give an answer um, that unfortunately the, the activists in the classroom want to hear. And, of course, it leaves out a lot of the the important facts, such as uh, somebody has to pay for that uh, child care, and that in communist countries like Vietnam, and I know because I've been there, uh, yeah, they're providing that, uh, that child care for free. It's also a way in which they introduce and indoctrinate young children into the benefits, so-called, of communism. Right. Isn't that convenient? And so, and that's that's the thing. Is so, do you honestly expect a, a third grader to say, "Well, how would that impact my my parents' taxes, or what?" You know, and and, and so you can't honestly uh, expect a, someone, a, a young child of that age, to be thinking in those terms. But it, but what I show in the book is that these types of issues, um, whether it's it's that type of issue or social justice, math. Um, or whatever it may be, is being pushed on kids at younger and younger ages. So the stage is being set then for political and social activism in public schools as opposed to what heretofore had been education. That's exactly right. And because there, there's this mindset uh, in, in public education uh, by, by many people within the establishment that they feel that it's their duty and their right uh, to use their classroom to push this personal political agenda. And they view um, their role as turning students into um, agents of change. And so we shouldn't just be equipping them for life and making sure that they, um, that they have knowledge so they can go, to, uh, go into higher education or a career or the military or do whatever they want to do. Uh, we need to turn them into agents of change. And to me, that is what is so disturbing about uh, about public schools today. And let me tell you how far some of that, uh, that change factor takes place. I'm going to quote again. This is page 38 of Kyle's new book, again entitled Indoctrination. And I quote, this is quoting an article uh, of Howard Zim, and he writes, Granted, it's good to have historical figures we can admire and emulate, but why hold up as models the 55 rich white men who drafted the Constitution as a way of establishing a government that would protect the interests of their class? Slaveholders, merchants, bondholders, and land speculators, close quote. So we have now reduced the founding fathers of the most successful and freest nation on earth, one of the few nations that has a problem with people illegally getting into the country as opposed to trying to escape. Are you listening, North Korea, Vietnam, 
etc., etc. Uh, and and we've we've suddenly now done an absolute 180. Yeah, granted, there were things about America in the 1700s that we probably wouldn't be very prideful of today, but the fundamentals of why and how this nation was founded and upon what basis is something that is held up as a pride point in, in nations all across the world, apparently except our own. That's right, and, and it's such a shame because Howard Zinn, um, who, who that quote is from, it is held up um, on, in, in leftist circles um, in high esteem of, uh, because he is this historian who has, you know, this, uh, has recast American history, and this is what he is producing. And unfortunately, he actually he has produced textbooks, and his textbooks are in uh, U.S. history class, classes in American high schools today. And so this is the type of, of um, quote-unquote, history that high school students are, are being fed. And so it's no wonder that we're seeing our, our personal liberties, um, our self-governance, um, our, our uh, free markets being eroded um, because, you know, people aren't uh, appreciating them. They're not seeing the value in them. And they're thinking that, you know, America is to blame, uh, free markets are to blame, and so we have got to change those and, and fundamentally transform America. Well, I, I've had uh, teachers in the past and concerned parents even send me copies of passages from history books that have characterized uh, Mao, for example, Mao Zedong, uh, as the great liberator of China. Mm. Yeah, uh, much like I suppose uh, Stalin liberated the Russians, uh, Kim Jong-il liberated the North Koreans, and... Hitler liberated the Germans. We'll come back to more of this startling agenda of what's going on in some circles of public education, not about educating children anymore, but rather indoctrinating them as miniature agents of change for their agenda. Our conversation tonight is with Kyle Olson. The book is called Indoctrination, How Useful Idiots Are Using Our Schools to Subvert American Exceptionalism. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. With author Kyle Olson. How deep and widespread is this agenda? Well, let me give you another example from his new book, Indoctrination. Uh, teaching lesson plan calendar uh, that um, helps teachers highlight for children some of the important dates in history that they need to be mindful of. Um such as August the 5th, which represents the 30th anniversary of Ronald Reagan breaking the Air Traffic Controllers Union, or uh, August 10th, the 50th anniversary of the U.S. spraying toxic herbicides in Vietnam, um, February the 17th, notable for being the birthday of Black Panther Party founder Huey Newton. Uh, let's not forget November the 20th, Transgender Day of Remembrance. Um, how about November the 26th, Buy Nothing Day, uh, April the 29th, the 20th anniversary of the start of the Los Angeles Uprising. <laughs> People rioted not for Rodney King, they rioted to steal. And that's the uprising. Of course, May 1st is International Workers' Day. 
and least, let us not forget May 20th, which uh, marks the anniversary of Cuba's independence from U.S. occupation. Yeah, nothing in there about uh, uh, the 4th of July, 1776. Uh, Dare we talk about such things as the American moon landing, Pearl Harbor, uh, any of those important events. No, it's all got to have some sort of a agenda behind it, Kyle. I'm sure they just ran out of space. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. And, uh, so many important I, days to remember. Yeah, nothing about Constitution Day uh, or anything like that. And I think, again, it's a great example of um, putting a resource in front of teachers and then raising those questions because then there are other uh, another aspect to that uh, social justice uh, planning guide is uh, a question for each day. And so they're just incredible um, questions about you know, just dealing with these social justice issues and all of that sort of thing. And so what I fear happening, what I fear is happening is that um, our classrooms are turning into these social justice laboratories where um, activist teachers are turning our students into uh, fellow activists um, to change America. Well, and the other interesting thing that, that dawned on me, I read one passage in in your book later on uh, when you talk about the Great Depression and you quote from another wonderful piece of revisionist history here, uh, the old adage, those who forget history are condemned to uh, repeat it. Uh, as the curriculum of many of these history books has a very strong pro-union driven uh, re- re- um, revisionism to it. Uh, let me just, this one quote here, you know, here we are in the middle of the greatest recession that America has seen, um, uh, perhaps overshadowed only by the likes of the Great Depression of the late 1920s. Um, and if you try to understand what caused the Great Depression and the, the crash of October 29, uh, here's where one history book squarely puts the responsibility. And I quote, Soon, Ford Automobile produced more cars than people could buy. Other business owners made the same mistake and workers were fired. So many people lost jobs that the 1930s were called the Great Depression, close quote. So it wasn't the stock market crash that pulled the U.S. economy to its knees, that prevented people from having access to the credit and cash they needed to buy these things, that forced companies to fire workers. It was the greed of the companies themselves that produced more goods than where they were capable of selling. Talk about revisionist history. That's right. Isn't that, it, it's incredible. And uh, there's another example uh, talking about unions where the California Federation of Teachers has produced many lesson plans um, that teachers are using today. And one of those was how to start your own uh, small business, where they created the, the Yummy Pizza Company, which, you know, on the face of it, you go, well, that sounds interesting. And I, come, I personally, I come from a small business family, um, so I know the dedication and the hard work that goes into uh, especially starting a small business but maintaining one. Um, but what I quickly found as I read this lesson plan was that 40% of the lesson plan dealt with starting the union for the employees. And so suddenly it was obvious what this lesson plan was about was actually was, was the union component. And, uh, and so the other interesting thing that I find is that, so what happens is school districts and states have requirements. So... Um, students need to get, uh, you know, X amount of math and X amount of 
um, English and art and that sort of thing. And so what uh, what the activists will do is they insert these different types of things to meet their requirements. So in other words, in this yummy pizza company example, um, the, the art component was creating membership cards and designing a logo for the union. Um, and so it's, they are just, they're absolutely relentless in, cre- in, in inserting this personal political agenda um, into curriculum. And, you know, again, I, I have no problem if teachers wish to organize and unionize and are looking for, you know, workplace standards and higher wages and things of this sort. That's fine. But don't bring that in as an, as an integral part of your job and recruit your students um, in, in the effort to try and then, you know, uh, be uh, be minions for change. And, you know, maybe some case you can get the, you know, bunch of six-year-olds to go out and lobby for higher pay. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh-huh. Well, and speaking of that, there's an example in the book where um, a, a third-grade uh, teacher from Milwaukee Public Schools in Wisconsin um, actually had her students write letters um, to the school board complaining about the budget cuts. And again, these are third-graders, so these are, what, eight-year-olds, maybe nine-year-olds. Mm-hmm. They can hardly, they don't even know about their family budget, let alone a, a multi-million, if not billion-dollar um, enterprise that is a, a public school district, and so she had her students write letters complaining about the budget cuts. And it's it, what what we see around the country is example after example of um, of students being indoctrinated, um, students being used as pawns, unfortunately, to do the dirty work of the union. Well, I recall even talking to a young man that was a recent high school graduate, and we got on the topic of World War II, and um, I made some comment about Pearl Harbor, and the date December 7th did not resonate in his mind at all. Um, And after some protracted discussions, uh, he revealed to me that this best as he could recall, yeah, he kind of remembered a couple of details about it, but that they probably spent not much more than a half hour we're talking about Pearl Harbor and World War II and the American involvement in same, both in the uh, the Pacific Theater helping to uh, uh, to fight back the spread of uh, the Japanese uh, onslaught, as much as as well as what we did in in Europe against the Germans, and uh, and yet though had great recollection of of uh, great detail, uh, spending what he characterized to be about a half a week talking about the results of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Of course, the events that precipitated all of that, uh, he knew nothing about. So, you know, uh, which came first, the chicken or the egg? In this case, neither, I guess. That's right. And, and, and that is what is, is shameful, is we're losing our history. And our students are not coming out of out of school uh, with just very basic knowledge about what America has done for the world and what free markets have done and what capitalism has done. And instead, uh, we are to blame. And, and and the example of the atomic bombs, you know, we are to blame um, for for you know the horrific events that took place. Um, because, um, you know, we're racist or we have this imperialist uh, agenda or, or whatever the case may be. And so uh, kids are coming out of, and, and to me this is the irony, is these are government schools. I mean, you would think government schools would be, if anything, would be indoctrinating students to be a pro-America, but that is not what is happening. I mean, they're coming out of government schools 
believing that America is to blame, uh, believing that free markets um, and uh, and uh, capitalism are to blame for third world poverty because we go and we exploit uh, countries and we exploit people and we we uh, rape and pillage for resources in all of this. I mean, it's 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 an absolute shame, um, but it is going on in classrooms around the country. And so again, I say, um, and my question for parents is: Do you know uh, what your students are, what your kids are learning? And if you don't, you need to get educated toward that end, because after all, folks, we are paying for it to the tune of over fifty-five billion dollars a year in the great state of California alone. We've just touched the surface of of a few of the excerpts of Kyle's new book, and it's a page turner, it's an eye opener. And if you've got kids that are attending government schools or grandkids, uh, get educated, would you? And maybe you're going to think twice about uh, what you need to do. And I know it's a tremendous sacrifice to a private school school or homeschool a child, uh, but maybe uh, once you read the book, you'll find out it's high time you do so. Kyle Olson, thanks so much for being with us. The new book, by the way, published by Arthur House, and uh, you can get copies through Amazon.com or also information through Kyle's website at Kyle, K-Y-L-E, Olson, O-L-S-O-N, dot O-R-G. Again, the book, Indoctrination, How Useful Idiots Are Exposing Our Schools to Subvert American Exceptionalism. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Some of you that have perhaps have a bit of gray around the temples or have been Bay Area residents for more than just a few years might recall back to the 1970s in what was a Bay Area-wide concentrated effort toward outreach and evangelism using what I believe to be the most powerful tool uh, aside from the power of our own testimony, the, 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 the most powerful tool when it comes to witnessing, and that is the power of God's Word. Maybe you recall the I Found It campaign in the 1970s. Uh, many of the converts which came to Christ as a result of that Bible outreach throughout the San Francisco Bay Area um, kind of got counted in the overall Jesus movement of the 1970s. It is certainly true that I think globally one of the most effective tools for impacting lives for Jesus Christ and for the sake of the kingdom is the power of God's word. So what about using the word as a means of reaching people and making that available to individuals in their own language? Well, that is exactly what's being undertaken by YWAM, Youth for a Mission. The Reading chapter has um, taken on the burden of reaching one of the most populated Muslim communities in the entire country. And that's right here in the San Francisco Bay Area in In fact, in the city of Fremont, California, in the East Bay, it has the largest expatriate population of people from Afghanistan anywhere outside of Afghanistan proper. And joining me now as the organizer for Fremont for Jesus is Patrick Roy with YWAM. And Patrick, great to have you on the show. Let's talk first about um, this process of selecting the community like the city of Fremont. Anybody would tell you that lives in the Bay Area, gee, this is a region that is in desperate need for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's almost hard to, to think about where do we begin? Do we concentrate on the city of San Francisco? Do we take it south to uh, Silicon Valley? Why did your organization decide specifically to begin outreach in the city of Fremont? Well, it, it began with, uh, with our directors, um, Jakin and Sarah Pendleton. They, they lived overseas in Afghanistan 
uh, for about five years, and they've they've always had a heart for the Afghan people, um, as well as even for the city of Fremont, which they visited uh, quite a few times. And w- we would come down here uh, together as a team, and um, and do ministry. Over the past three years, we've been doing that. We've we've had a number of teams come down here um, and do different types of ministry, and just after doing that over over the last three or four years, um, we felt like that we were directed by our actual overseeing director, Lauren Cunningham, to take the initiative of trying to put a Bible in uh, in every home within the city of Fremont. So we wanted to, to go ahead and, and take on that initiative and see if we could get the Bibles and then just go to each door and offer them God's Word, and, and even within their own within their own language. And, of course, the ability to read God's Word in your own language overcomes such a multitude of, of barriers. Let's talk about the notion of, of distribution door-to-door. As you mentioned, Patrick, um, part of the focus here is because of the background uh, by your directors with YRAM in Reading, uh, having experienced uh, missions work in Afghanistan, and of course, a major um, population, as we mentioned before, not just from Afghanistan, but uh, we have a, a major population in the East Bay of expats from uh, everywhere else, too, uh, coming from countries like China, certainly from India, a very large Indian population in Fremont, as well as um, Afghanis, and a good percentage of individuals um, are Muslim. And so, Give us a sense in terms of uh, this outreach ministry. What's the um, what's the approach here as you'll be going door to door distributing these Bibles? Well, uh, currently, um, one thing we felt like as as a team was to involve everybody within the outreach. So we we have uh, just great friendship with with a Chinese church here within the city of Fremont, actually two Chinese churches and uh, an international church, um, which is Harbor Light. Um, so we're working closely with, with Harbor Light as well as uh, Forerunner Christian Church and then a few other churches as well. But the, the one of the pieces that we felt like to really have was just to involve everybody within it and because it is such a multi uh, national city with many different people from many different cultures and many different countries which speak many different languages so we, we wanted to just involve everybody within it so um, that, that is one of the approaches that we're, that we're kind of taking and it's, it's really it's, it's fun to see because even this last year when, when I was going out and visiting many different homes uh I, I was out with um, with a husband and wife, which were from Taiwan, and just being able to see them communicate with with people in Mandarin and Cantonese and different languages was it was a privilege for me to see because because uh, they were getting to go out within their own city and and speak to their brothers and sisters who may or may not know Jesus, but being able to connect with them. Uh, in their heart language, which is, I, to me, it's just, it's such a privilege to me. 
And Fremont, in many respects, is sort of a microcosm of the Bay Area, isn't it, in terms of the diversity of both uh, the cultures and languages, people groups. Uh, you, you pretty much get a pretty decent cross-section of what the entire Bay Area looks like in one community of more than 100,000. That's true. That's true. We have uh, – there's another uh, youth with a mission base within San Francisco that uh, that actually – is involved with also reaching out to multi-different uh, people groups in different languages, uh, and, and they're located more in, like, the heart of, of San Francisco. Is there a sense, too, of tremendous need in this area? And I pose that question, Patrick, because we've seen a number of surveys in recent years, uh, the most recent produced by uh, the Barna Group, that indicates that in terms of um, per capita church attendance, the San Francisco Bay Area has one of the lowest in the entire nation. I think the most recent numbers show something like only 4%. So 4% of the population in what is, to be sure, the fourth largest metropolitan area in the entire country, and yet only 4% of the population attends church with any kind of regularity. So was that a strategic choice as well, to look at concentrating on the San Francisco Bay Area? Well, coming into this, uh, one of the things that we were feeling is just the love of God is, is real. And I know sometimes that can be kind of cliche, but really when it comes down to it is, is just carrying the, the love of God. And the, the Bible talks a lot about, and we'll hear this in, in churches and different places about the body of Christ but also walking in the same spirit as well, which is walking in that same spirit that rose Christ Jesus from the dead and, and lives inside of us is, is really is what's going to be the light of the world to the people around us. And, and it's, it's, it's being able to, to love people well and, and come over the different cultures and different languages and different whether uh, agreements or disagreements, but just being able to meet people with that same spirit and, and with that unconditional love that Jesus had. And, and, and sometimes that just can move right through uh, different obstacles and different barriers because people see that you're genuine and something that we can offer that's genuine. If you've just joined the conversation, we're visiting today with Patrick Roy. Patrick is the organizer of Fremont for Jesus, an outreach ministry to the San Francisco Bay Area by YWAM, Youth with a Mission, the Reading Chapter, uh, undertaking this uh, concerted effort that will run over the course of five weeks, providing Bible study materials, Bibles, and copies of the Jesus film. In fact, they plan over that period of time throughout the city of Fremont to distribute over 71,000 pieces. So it's, it's a pretty uh, enthusiastic undertaking, to be sure, in one of the most neediest areas of the San Francisco Bay Area. We'll get into some specifics about how you can get involved as our conversation continues here on the Friday edition of Lifeline. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. And welcome back to the program. Craig Roberts with you on the Friday afternoon edition of Lifeline. We're visiting in this segment of the show with Patrick Roy. Patrick is organizer of Fremont for Jesus. This is an evangelistic outreach effort 
on behalf of YWAM, Youth with a Mission, the Reading Chapter, to focus on the San Francisco Bay Area and more specifically to focus on the city of Fremont. Fremont is probably one of the most um, culturally and linguistically diverse communities of the entire San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, you have people that reside here from multiple continents. And based on some of the research numbers by the Barna Group, we also know that the San Francisco Bay Area has some of the lowest per capita church attendance of anywhere in the nation. So the need is huge and the opportunity is even greater. And toward that end, um, I want to share with you the website where you can get more information about Fremont for Jesus. And it's simple, fremontforjesus.com. That's fremontforjesus.com. And Patrick, walk us through, if you would, uh, exactly what the approach is going to be like um, over the coming days and um, exactly uh, how people can get involved. Yeah, um, when uh, when we first came down to Fremont um, this last summer, we were praying together as a team, and we felt like uh, there was three specific things to offer the people of Fremont, and and one of them was God's word uh, in their own heart language, and then another one was uh, the gift of of salvation, as well as just the gift of of prayer or healing of any time, because the Bible even talks about how we can be healed of physical needs, emotional needs, spiritual needs, whatever it would be. So those three gifts was something we felt like as a team that uh, to offer the, the people of Fremont. So the, the event specifically will be, uh, it'll be at Convergence House of Prayer, and today is the opening day, and we will go from July 15th until August the 7th, and we meet here uh, at Convergence House of Prayer uh, every day except Tuesday. We would meet at 12 o'clock, and from 12 to 1.30, we would have some time for corporate worship, and from 1.45 to 2.30, we would have some time of teaching to equip people, whether they are experienced in in sharing God's Word or, or evangelism or or just going out and having conversations with people on the street, that time of teaching would be there to equip people who have never done it before, or maybe just to to refresh people who may have had a little bit of experience in the past. So we do want to offer that as well. And then right after the teaching would end, we would go uh, door-to-door and, and visit each home um, from about 3 o'clock until about 6.30 in the evening, we would take that time. So about three and a half hours, we would be out in the city um, visiting different homes and, and visiting different people. And then we'd come back at, at Conversion's House of Prayer in the evening and just have some time to debrief and and, and talk about things and, and just ha- and end with a time of, of prayer um, in the afternoon. And is the strategy here to be able to reach every single household throughout the city of Fremont? Yes, the strategy is to reach every single home. So we've created a whole mapping system. We have about uh, somewhere between 12 and 1,400 different maps that lays out each neighborhood and each street um, from one corner all the way to the next um, just to make it real easily understand. And we'll hand out one map per group and then... uh, 
they'll be able to look on the map and see the street name and be able to see each home by home that they would be visiting for that day. And then um, it's, it's pretty, we tried to make it real uh, easy to understand and easy for, uh, for anybody to get involved. And, of course, you're focusing on a pretty good-sized community, too. I mean, outside of San Francisco itself, Oakland, San Jose, maybe the city of Santa Clara, uh, Fremont is certainly up there in size. I think it's just a skosh below uh, a quarter of a million people. So that's it's a pretty enthusiastic undertaking. Yeah, I think 215,000 people with over 71,000 homes. Uh, so, yeah, it is, it is, a, it is a, a big city. And uh, give us a look at some of the materials that you're going to be providing. As I suggested in my opening comments, I believe that one of the most effective tools for outreach and evangelism, I mean, and this is not to set aside the broadside tracks and things of this sort, uh, but the whole counsel of God's Word. Um, you know, we're promised within Scripture that it does not go out and return to Him void, but it accomplishes His good pleasure. So Bibles are certainly a very effective evangelism tool. But I understand as well you're going to be using another wildly successful evangelistic tool that, that really helps to, uh, uh, to bridge a lot of gaps, particularly for those that maybe are not all that comfortable reading, and that is the Jesus film. Tell us more about that. Yes, uh, the Jesus film is one of the biggest pieces of literature that we would use. Um, it's uh, The film that we have has 16 different languages on it, and it um, the primary languages are uh, Southeast Asia, Central Asia, uh, as well as uh, portions of the Middle East. So um, within these 16 different languages, it, um, it offers many people within the city of Fremont to be able to, to hear the Bible. Uh, it's specifically, that one is the Gospel of Mark in their, own, in their own heart language. They would be able to hear that. So uh, we do have many of those DVDs that we'll also offer. And, you know, we hear stories all the time about how successful the Jesus film has been in uh, reaching people for Christ all across the globe. And what's special about the DVD version is that uh, viewers can select their own language. Uh, this has been translated both in terms of the actual dialogue as well as uh, subtitling into, as we were mentioning, hundreds of different languages. So given how diverse the city of Fremont is, rather than having to bring along multiple copies in multiple different languages to make sure that people can read the word in their own language, this is very effective tool from an efficiency standpoint, because the minute they pop the DVD in, they'll be able to select the language and the subtitling of their choice. Yes. Even on a, on a greater level than that, we have it to where people can actually download that same movie or just the Bible itself on their phone. So it's a little c connection card that we include with each, uh, with each thing that we offer each home. It comes in a little bag, and within there is a connection card where people can connect the app straight onto their smartphone. And they, if they want the Jesus film, they could have the film in over about 1,100 different languages. Or if they wanted the Bible itself, they could download the full Bible, both New and Old Testament, um, as well on their smartphone. Uh, and I think that one's in about 1,300 different languages. 
Fantastic. And uh, again, let's bring this full circle. So you're looking for volunteers, both experienced as well as people that just have a heart for this and and uh, recognize the need to reach this community uh, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And maybe they've never had any opportunity or any experience in doing uh, street evangelism or going door to door. Maybe there's somebody that is a lover of Christ but has never really ever been trained on how to share their faith with somebody else. There will be training available for first-time people. Uh, you're going to pair folks up, too, in groups, aren't you? We will, yes, we will. Um, we the, we are uh, basically just want to be the pedestal or the or the stage for other people to get involved. So um, we have a seminar that starts this next week, the 18th through the 23rd. It's it's completely free. It's open to the public. Um, we're flying a speaker out from uh, Boulder, Colorado, and uh, we, we really just want to open it up. Uh, not charge anything for it. It's a free event. Uh, people can get involved. They can get the training. They can uh, figure out how to use all the material because the the real heart of it is for Jesus to be famous. And uh, we didn't want to put, um, you know, a price tag on things or, or anything like that. We just, we want Jesus to be famous over Fremont. And, and we want to do that by getting his word out and opening it up to anybody who would who would want to get involved. And if folks would like to get more information, again, you can log on to FremontForJesus.com. That's FremontForJesus.com. Looking for not only volunteers to come out and be a part of this, but also for people to support. As you can imagine, this is a tremendous undertaking in terms of the cost of a publishing and distribution of all of these materials, more than 71,000 pieces going out to a quarter of a million homes across the city of Fremont. So if a guide has put it on your heart to get involved financially, you can certainly give your gift online by going to FremontForJesus.com. That's FremontForJesus.com. What date does all of this get underway, Patrick? Well, today is actually the opening day. Um, We'll go out every day except Tuesdays um, until August the 7th. So it would be from July 15th to August 7th that we'd be going out. All right. So there's still lots of time with today being launch day. Plenty of time for you to get involved and certainly support this ministry, the um, extended outreach of YWAM Youth with a Mission for the city of Fremont in the San Francisco Bay Area. Details again available on the web at FremontForJesus.com. That's FremontForJesus.com. And our thanks to Patrick Roy, organizer of Fremont for Jesus, for being with us on this segment of Lifeline. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Lifeline. Thanks so much for being with us. And if there was anything you heard on today's show that you'd like to hear again or share with a friend, grab a copy of the Lifeline podcast. Simply log on to kfax.com. That's kfax.com for the Lifeline podcast. Our producer is Wanda Sanchez. I'm Craig Roberts. Till next time round, remember, just don't keep the faith. Get out there and share it and make it a great evening. So long. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.